Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Something fell a little wrong about off about that one. Yeah, I, I can't quite place my sure. finger on it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. But yeah. uh, before we jump into Disney news, a, a word from our sponsor this week uh, from Agrabah Travel Agency. Ooh. Oh, new sponsor on the show. So uh, they have wonderful travels to... Uh, a lot of distant lands, a whole new world. Exactly. Visit a whole new world. So their most popular trip is for Arabian nights <laughs> where you will be treated like royalty as you're uh, greeted into the town. Oh, very nice. So if you're looking for a great trip, that's uh, Agraba travel. <laughs> really, really happy to have them on as our title sponsor this week. <laughs> yes, we are. So <laughs> jumping into uh, Disney news, I-, I think there's a couple Actually, big pieces of Disney news this week. We'll probably start with the least biggest. Yeah, I was going to say, because our the, main topic is one is of the, the pieces. Is the least, is least biggest a word? Least You're biggest. the English major. Smallest would probably be the more efficient way of saying that. Okay. Well, we're, this is an upside down episode anyway, so we'll go with least biggest as a word today. <laughs> so, uh, they announced that Rafiki's Planet Watch is actually reopening Yay! this year. So, last year maybe in the fall late summer fall they announced yeah. that it was, it was closing and i was upset and it and they did kind of mention that it they made it seem like it was a temporary closing like they they left it open that it could open seasonally again so on the disney parks blog they announced that rafiki's planet watch will be reopening this summer um so it seems like they'll kind of use it seasonally until they figure out something else for it. I mean, there's been a rumor at Zootopia land. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that's one's opening in Shanghai. So maybe it's a few years away. So we'll see. Or the Lion King live action blows up and they realize that they need to keep it and do more with it. Maybe that's actually, that's not a bad idea. A, a, a Lion King land. I think that would do really maybe well. Pride rock. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they have the art of animation. They have like the pride rock outside there at the Lion King suites. But yeah, they re- there's really no Lion King in the park, and that is, I mean, the original Lion King movie, the animated version, did almost a billion dollars. That was one of the the biggest movies yeah. of all time. I can only imagine the live action version is going to do really well. Ah, uh, that's a good point because they're building a Beauty and the Beast ride. You know, I, they have everything else. Kind Disney of Disney does definitely struggle though with converting their animal centric movies, and it is really difficult um, because. They're all animals that are on, mostly all animals that are on four legs, so they can't have people walking around on four legs throughout the park. Like, they can't make that a realistic experience as much as, like, Zootopia, where Judy hops, hops like, I've seen their, you know, the the, the characters, but you don't even and they characters. walk on two legs. There's no characters in Pandora, but they build a land around Pandora, and they're alien creatures. I, mean, I, I think you're right. You could build... Elephant Graveyard? You could build Elephant Graveyard. That's a, not at all, like, A you Pride know, Rock. Um, what do I want to say? What's the word I'm looking for? I have no idea. A, a graveyard, like putting that in an, in a Disney thing. That would I be... think that'd be good. So, something to that that would be a, a, a good place to walk around. A recreation of Pride Rocky, right? You could have a ride that's based on, um, like the Stampede or something, or you you know, kind of going through different scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have a ride in there. R- really great animatronics based on the characters. Yeah. Um, I think they could do a great job with that. That's actually a, a good idea. I think that's what they should do. 
And maybe uh-huh. they are working on something like that because I do think the live action I movie. I just think, yeah, will do I mean, really the, well. the the movie is weirdly underplayed in the parks when it's been as successful and as many people love it as they do. Right, right. So uh, next piece of Disney news was the announcement that James Gunn is returning to direct Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yay! And so you know, last year um, James Gunn was fired from the job after some old tweets came out. Uh, but apparently Disney never really even interviewed other directors. So they apparently decided this to bring him back some time ago, but just didn't announce it. Mm. Um, they kind of waited to announce it. Now, uh, a few months ago, it was announced that he was going to be writing and directing the Suicide Squad sequel um, for Warner Brothers, which now actually turns out just to be a complete reboot. It's not going to be a sequel. They're just completely redoing it. <laughs> um, and so people weren't sure, you know, people were like, oh, well, now he's definitely not coming back to do Guardians. But it turns out he is. Like I said, it, it's it been in the works for some time. So the plan is he will finish Suicide Squad and then Guardians will come after that. So I believe the Suicide Squad movie comes out in 2021. So it's probably going to be you know, 2022, 2023 until we get the next Guardians movie. But he wow. will be uh, directing that, which I think probably a lot of people will be happy about. The cast and crew were all upset when he was fired. They were like, we don't want to do the movie if he's mm. not involved. Yeah. I think a lot of the fans, you know, he's done a great job with the first two movies. So I think a lot of fans were like, oh, we don't want to switch. Um, yeah. But it was a difficult kind of position Disney was in yeah. with, with things like that. So it, so he'll be back. So they haven't announced, I think, a, a date for the movie yet, but uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, that'll be good. And then uh, this week, we thought we'd kind of talk about the Disney-Fox merger, or I guess acquisition. Um, so Disney completed its $70-plus billion acquisition of Fox. $71.3 billion. Right. So this has been going on for a couple years now of... Uh, Disney purchasing them and the due Who's diligence get and everything. And right. Is Comcast going to steal them and all it, kinds of stuff? Exactly. So it finally closed uh, this past Wednesday. Uh, and so we, we thought we would kind of, you know, go in and, and kind of discuss it now that it's official because it really is a huge shift in the entertainment industry. Yeah. And Disney is really gaining access to a lot more properties and, you know, people are asking a lot of questions of what does this mean for Disney? What does this mean for Hollywood and everything? So yeah. we thought we'd kind of discuss this because some of the stuff that they're getting, it, I mean, it is pretty impressive yeah. how big they're going to be almost, now. It is. Um, it's impressive that like the government let it go through. Um, I know that I saw in one of the articles that I read from NPR that they were they made them get rid of some like several like local kind of well the regional sports, sports stations yeah the yeah. regional sports channels they had to get rid of and actually sold them to Amazon oh so Amazon is actually buying them so Fox owned the Yes Network which was the Yankees I think it stands for Yankee Entertainment Sports maybe or so, something like that yes I'm a, I'm an expert in baseball so that's what it is actually but the Yankees so the Yankees started this regional sports network and then they sold it to Fox and so Fox owned it now as part of the merger Disney has to sell it so they're actually selling it back to the Yankees <laughs> and Amazon so they're kind of buying it in a joint partnership so that's a whole other thing because now Amazon's getting more into streaming and sports so now they're going to have access 
to all these live local sports yeah. on Amazon Prime, which just kind of adds to their value as well. So that that's a whole other piece to this too, is that with Fox selling now, you know, Amazon is is growing kind of in, in the space as well, not, not only Disney. Um, and I think they sold that off for something like $3 billion. So, you know, they... They have already recouped $3 billion there. Um, they're selling their stake of Sky, which is an international television distributor, mm-hmm. to Comcast, who bought the other portion of it. I think that's something like $15 billion. So Disney's already, they spent 71 but they've already recouped close to $20 billion of that, um, which is good. So that brings the actual price down to about $50 billion, which is still an incredible <laughs> an amount, amount of money. Of money. Um, Especially if you figure, you know, they paid $4 billion for Lucasfilm, I think $7 billion for Pixar, another maybe like $4 billion for Marvel. Um, so all of those combined is like $15 billion, which is like a third of what they're paying for Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they definitely are getting a ton, a ton with Fox. And um, so Bob Iger, he sent out a memo to all the employees the day the deal closed. And I think, you know, a couple of things I wanted to, to quote here kind of tell you why they were willing to pay so much for Fox. And then once you kind of see everything they're getting, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so he mentions in his memo, as you know, Disney has never been short on ambition. We've never been satisfied with the status quo. You've never been satisfied. <laughs> and our vision for this transformative era is our boldest yet. We are rapidly transforming our company to take full advantage of evolving customer trends and emerging technology in order to thrive in this new and exciting time. So I think that's really the crux of what this is, is they see the entertainment landscape changing. People are moving to streaming, people are cutting cable. And so Disney's always been about content and this is just a way to get even more content. Okay, Access to content so they could post it on their different streaming services because just a reminder, Disney has their own streaming service they're going to be coming out with here pretty soon. I don't know. Do you, do we have an exact At some point time? this year, later yeah. this year. But also, um, Disney owned a portion of Hulu, and then Fox also, I believe, owned a portion of Hulu. So now they've acquired Fox's shares of that, and now they are majority owner in Hulu. Right. So, so they so- also, so they have basically essentially two streaming services now that they have access to the content. So rolling Fox into that gives them even a greater like depth of information or like shows and things that they can offer consumers. Yeah. They have, they have a much deeper library now. So when Hulu was set up, Disney, Fox and Comcast all in 30% and then um, like direct TV, AT&T own 10%. So now Disney owns 60% or controlling share of it. And uh, Comcast still owns their 30. Maybe they eventually sell or not, but you're right with Disney plus, and so Bob Iger's whole strategy shift is we need to move more towards streaming. There's a streaming ESPN that people are buying because they see as people are dropping cable, they need to capture them elsewhere. Right. And, and, and people have certain niche interests. And whereas the cable companies and why the reason why cable companies are going extinct in the first place is that people have just these certain interests and they don't want all the other junk, but they people want to purchase. Okay. I love hockey. I need a hockey channel. And so this enables them better to do this for consumers. Right. And there's actually 
an, an interesting article about streaming about how people are now growing frustrated because there's so many different streaming services because there's like 300 different streaming services now. So it's becoming to the point where it's almost like cable where you need to buy you need to buy too many you have of to buy them. A couple of them, right? Yeah. But now Disney, they're pretty well situated because they have all of their ABC shows, all of Disney Channel shows. Now they have Fox shows, um, FX, National Geographic. So they have all of this. Yes, so, that's what I'm excited about. So they could they could create one package that has essentially 10, 15 different channels in it that almost is like cable. So instead of having to go and getting Netflix and Hulu and, and this and that, um, you could get one service and have everything right. that you would I, want it. So it, it really gives them a strong um, proposition. Yeah. I'm interested to see because Disney has that whole, um, you know, we, we've talked about this before where Walt was passionate about wildlife and things like that. So they do these little mini, like these films about animals. And now that they have um, ownership over Nat Geo, I'm interested to see the quality that they're able to turn out now because, I mean, that's a huge property. And Nat Geo's things are always beautiful right. and very well presented. And National Geographic is actually the only thing, part of this acquisition, that's going to be part of the new Disney+. Plus. They've already announced that. So Disney+, Plus is going to be Marvel, Pixar, Disney, and National Geographic. And that means that we will that. be definitely get. I mean, we right. were going to get it anyway, but... Well, the other thing I mean, announced- that this, it, go, it kind of harkens back to the time when I... You know, Discovery Channel was all about animals, and I used to love watching it, but now it's not anymore. So having a National Geographic channel that'll have a lot of animal shows, a lot of um, cultural kind of shows on it, uh, that'll that'll be great. We haven't had Nat Geo in a really long time, so I'm looking forward to it. Right, and the other thing they announced with Disney Plus is that they're getting rid of the vault. So every movie that Disney's ever made, going back to Snow White, is going to be available. I don't know that day one, but very shortly after it launches, every movie in the whole library is always going to be available to stream on Disney Plus and every movie going forward, which I find interesting that they're doing this because one, I think they'll get a lot of people to sign up just for that reason, Absolutely. just to constantly have access. But I mean, can you imagine? why would you ever buy a, a movie anymore? I mean, it's, you, it's gonna, you wouldn't, but at the same time, you're paying into a subscription, whereas it's a one-time purchase if you buy a movie. So you never fully own those movies and you continue to pay for them. So it makes sense, well, sort of. I mean, they're going to lose out money on, but that's what on I'm saying. Blu-ray I, I kind of wonder what they're gonna, how they factor that in because they make a lot of money whenever they release these movies from the vault every 10 years. You're paying $30 for a Blu-ray. You know, It costs them nothing to make it. So making a ton of money. The streaming service, they said, is going to be substantially cheaper than Netflix. So probably somewhere, you know, Netflix is like $12, $14 now. It's probably going to be more in that Hulu range of maybe 6 to $8. Um, and, and they have to pay for all the new content. So I almost feel like they're going to lose money on this. But I, I think it's more of a long-term play of trying to get to those... You know, get, Netflix numbers where you, have a, where you have a hundred million. Yeah, you, the prices. yeah, you have a hundred million subscribers. They're playing the long game. Yeah, if you're getting a hundred million subscribers at eight dollars a month, that is a lot better than selling, you know, some Blu-rays. So it it's interesting, um, but yeah. So so National Geographic is part of this coming over. The other thing we mentioned, so they don't get the uh, Fox 
TV channel because it's a network TV. You're not allowed to own two network channels. So Fox will still own the Fox TV channel. Hmm. But Disney now has... And and Disney already owns ABC, correct? Yeah, Disney has... That's, that's, what, that's why to. they can't have Fox, correct? Right. But Disney will now own the studio that produces most of those shows on Fox. So it's not like they need the channel because they're, they still own the TV shows, a lot of the TV shows. So that they now That's own, a really weird technicality. No, not, not really because the studios produce the shows and then the channels buy the shows. So just like how on ABC, Disney doesn't own all the shows on ABC because they don't produce them. Some of them are produced by Fox. So Modern Family, for instance was a TV show that was produced by Fox, but it was on ABC. So huh. Disney never owned Modern Family. They just distributed it. Now they do own it because of purchasing Fox. Uh, this is Us. Well, Disney now owns This Is Us. So all the tiers, now that fits right in <laughs> with Disney. Well, they're really good at the tiers. All I the mean, tiers, exactly. They, can kill, they kill off all the mothers and fathers. So Exactly. So This Is good. Us fits in perfectly in... <laughs> In the uh, in the Disney network here. Well, I'm I'm kind of hoping that since Disney sometimes likes to drag out certain properties, that they'll keep Modern Family around for like another forty years. Yeah, they announced that next season's the last season, but I, I mean, and they announced that after that they knew that the acquisition was happening. So I have to think it probably I, still is the last season. Yeah. But you would think now that they fully own it, maybe they do want to keep it. Well, I just feel like Modern Family occupies a very interesting niche in television where nobody else has really done it quite like modern family. Like the jokes are just constant and really good. So yeah. this, this episode is also <laughs> somewhat uh, sponsored by modern family, modern family. It's like your family, but modern. <laughs> so, uh, but another thing they own now is the Simpsons. So Disney owns the Simpsons now. <laughs> And there's a really interesting picture of uh, Homer Simpson, um, to put it nicely, with his hands around Mickey Mouse's neck. And, and this tweet that's well, that, uh, I think it was that maybe the Simpsons, like somebody who's like big in the Simpsons, I don't know anything about the Simpsons, but yeah. Well, what's, in, what's interesting is the, what something came out just, just this past week about an episode the Simpsons did 20 years ago. In which they showed the Fox logo, and at the bottom of the Fox logo, it says a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> so they That's actually pretty like predicted that this was going to happen years and years ago. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, so so the Simpsons are now owned by Disney, which is kind of interesting. The one thing, and I don't think this will really happen at all, but I think it it would be cool if it did. So the Simpsons land. Is at Universal Studios. Yes. So Universal Studios has the rights to the Simpsons and their theme parks. But at Universal, they have the rights to Marvel in the theme parks east of the mm-hmm. Mississippi. I don't think this would happen, but it would be interesting now that Disney owns the Simpsons if they did some sort of trade of Yeah. We'll make we'll give we'll make sure you can keep the rights to the Simpsons. Because that's a very popular land at Universal, but you have to eventually you know, you have to give us the rights back to Marvel or let us use more Marvel characters right. in Walt Disney World. Because they could use them everywhere else but Walt Disney World. I think that would be great because I really would love to have Marvel at Disney World. We're getting Guardians of the Galaxy, so they're do- they're able to do a little bit, but not a lot. I mean, they're building... It's not to the same extent as in California, for yeah, example. They're building these incredible Avengers lands everywhere else around the world. And then their, their primary, like their... Um, their- 
oh my gosh, their Keystone Park, um, they can't use it. Right. So I, I so it'd be interesting. You know, hopefully they could do some sort of trade like that. But no, again, peace to resistance. I, I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen. So, yes, there's a lot, a lot of TV stuff, which again, helps them, you know, with Hulu, putting more on Hulu, putting more with, with Disney plus. So I think streaming's, you know, a big part of this and just the amount of content they get. So not only television shows, but there's a lot of movies. So they now have the rights to die hard. (laughs) Um, they look forward to the uh, Die Hard Christmas Castle show. Yeah, they. Uh, hey, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay. They could. They could. Uh, it is. It's a Christmas movie. So they own the rights to. They're fully on the rights to Avatar now. So oh, nice. I think we will probably see a lot more Pandoras popping up. So I think mm-hmm. it's gone well in Disney World. I think you could anticipate an expansion there. I also think you can anticipate seeing them building those in the foreign parks as well because now that they fully own the rights to it they don't have to go back to james cameron and renegotiate or pay more right. to put it in other parks just like how you're seeing they're already announcing star wars land at i think uh paris is where that's going the i think you'll see pandora you know going around more they own the rights to a- the aliens movies now <laughs> so i think maybe we will go back to the original uh change stitches great escape back to aliens uh, now let, let's uh let's have I mean, another that was a scary ride let's have another uh shot at that again but yeah so the, so they had the aliens movies and you were right it was paris it looked like okay from a quick google yeah and so so they own that and the big thing is what a lot of marvel fans are excited about is they get all the x-men back yeah so they basically marvel now essentially has Deadpool too, right? Well, they get Deadpool, but they essentially have the rights to all of the Marvel characters again because Fox had the X-Men, which Deadpool was a part of, the Fantastic Four, and Sony had Spider-Man. Now, Marvel uh, obviously did a deal with Sony to bring Spider-Man into the MCU, so while Sony still owns the rights, Marvel can basically use Spider-Man. So the only characters were over at Fox, so now they have them back. So... They announced that they're going to the keep... The family's back together. Yeah. They announced they're going to keep Deadpool as is, kind of keep him separate as... And Bob Iger even mentioned that they're they're thinking there may be a, an opportunity to grow an R-rated kind of Marvel. So they'll leave yeah. Deadpool out, out there and not That's bring good. him into the MCU. Yeah, he can't. He, he can't. He doesn't fit. I can't imagine him with the rest of them. And he's he's a completely different fan base, too. Right. And, he, and he's successful as is. Right. So I think and they'll so keep why it mess and grow up good... that. But I think the X-Men coming in, you know, it's happening. We have the Dark Phoenix movie this year. And that's How kind many of the- X-Men movies have there been? There's been quite a like, few. Like almost as many as there have been Spider-Man movies, I feel like. Well, there's been, there was three original and then they kind of did the earlier version, like the reboot with Days of Future Past. And there's been, I think, three of those. So I think Dark Phoenix will be the seventh one, maybe. But that's going to kind of be the end of you know, this phase. So in a few years, and plus all the Wolverine movies. So there's been, there's been more than seven, but I'm checking Wikipedia. Yeah. So, but now the characters are back. So you can have mutants in the MCU. Now you can have the X-Men, the fantastic four. There's a lot of great cosmic villains in, uh, within fantastic four that they could bring in. So I think 
you know, Marvel has the next three or four years of MCU movies planned out. Uh, but I think, you know, within a couple of years, they'll start developing some of these properties. And I think it's really going to help the MCU because eventually you're going to run out of characters you can use. And so you're going to need some new characters. Like there's only so many well-known characters that you can use. Now they do a great job of using lesser known characters like the guardians of the galaxy and things, but to now have the X-Men in there and the fantastic four, some big name characters, you can really breathe new life into the MCU in a few years as it starts slowing down and you lose Iron Man because Robert Downey Jr. is eventually going to stop or Thor, Captain America. You can start bringing these other characters in and kind of reinvigorate the whole you know MCU and keep it going for another 20 years. <laughs> um, so if I, if I did my counting right, I, I'm, not, I'm not an accountant by trade, but if I counted correctly, there have been nine X-Men movies and eight Spider-Man movies. So X-Men actually has edged out Spider-Man. Right, and that's because you have all the Wolverine movies. So Spider-Man, though, they keep just remaking the same movie over and over again. Mm-hmm. The X-Men movies are different. They have the X-Men, they have Wolverine. How many Logans were there? Logan and... There, there I think there was three. I think there was three Because I don't even think I counted that. Yeah, so I think there's... there's yeah, the, there was, there was Origins, Wolverine, then The Wolverine, and Logan. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I counted all those. So, and then as far as animation goes, Fox did have a small animation company. So they did like the Ice Age movies and Rio. Oh. So, so Disney now owns that. I think... You'll probably see those characters in the park, but I think long term, I don't know that they'll keep that animation studio around because you already have Disney Animation and Pixar. It doesn't seem like you need a third animation studio that's really not making a ton of movies anyways. Right. And this is kind of the darker side where where Disney's going to probably get a little bit of bad press is that they have a lot of people pulling double duty from Fox. So there's probably, they it's likely there'll be some layoffs as well from jobs. Right. But with this, Disney now is going to be like something like 40% of the box office because of Disney themselves. Was, Seriously, what do antitrust laws do? D- Disney themselves was like 26%, I want to say. And so Fox was around like 12 to 15%. So, it, so they're going to own a, a huge portion, which, yeah, kind of like you said, a, as a, you know, a, the dark side of this a little bit, not only layoffs, but. Disney's going to have a lot of power over theaters to force them to give a greater share of revenue to them. So they already did this with Star Wars where you know, they wanted something like 70% of every ticket sold for the first couple of weeks, which is a lot higher than most movies get. And they said, you're not allowed to show the movie unless you give us this higher percentage. And most of the theaters did because obviously they want Star Wars. They want people coming in. Mm-hmm. So now that Disney owns 40% of the market, if you don't play by their rules, they could say you're not going to see any movies I mean, that we get. Like by by definition, so I of course had to look up antitrust laws, but they're competition laws that are developed by the government, the U.S. government, to protect consumers from predatory business practices. Well, if you're bullying people into giving you higher percentages of the the cuts, it almost does seem a bit. But again, predatory. it's not consumers though. They're not. They're not making theaters charge more. They just want well, a, a better percentage. So the Consumer's not going to pay more necessarily for a movie yeah, ticket. That's true. It's just going to be that the they want it from the theater go. So and again, it's they're only forty percent. I mean, they're not. It's not like they're eighty percent of the marketplace now. 
I mean, by, the, by themselves, by and large, humongous by themselves, percent. they were a quarter percent, though. I mean, I would argue a lot of the Fox movies yeah, do well, but it really a lot of these Fox movies are a lot of more. They're a lot more like Oscar winners. So like The Shape of Water is one of them. Um, so they, they do a lot more of like that, like a ward type movie where yeah. it's a completely <laughs> different um, aesthetic than Disney right, goes. For. Right. I mean, Disney, you have to figure even without Fox, they basically have every movie anybody's going to want to see this year. They have uh, Aladdin. They have Lion King. They have Star Wars. They have Marvel. I think even if no other movies came out, like they're going to be 30, 25, 30 percent of the, of the marketplace themselves. They have a lot of power just with those movies, even without Fox. So adding this kind of then brings in like a different clientele, like you said, like the award fair. And I think it's going to help them, you know, kind of keep that stuff going along. So it it gives them some extra power just because they have more box office revenue. But I don't necessarily think that. They'll just have to be careful. They don't go over to the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Disney already had a lot of the big movies that they wanted to begin with. So. I don't know. Do you have any, anything else? I mean, I think that kind of covers yeah, you know, you, streaming, you mm-hmm. movies, and everything. So, like I said, it's definitely a huge shift, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens kind of short term and then longer term as Disney integrates Fox and they decide, you know, what they do with everything and, and how, you know, the the X Men characters get moved in or or how they maybe change the direction of Hulu or when Disney plus comes out of how they incorporate all this and kind of make a one-stop shop or try to keep you in the, the Disney ecosystem um, because they, they have a lot of content now that you're going to want it. I think it really sets them up well against Netflix who's spending a ton of money on original content mm-hmm. and Amazon, uh, Amazon and Apple, which is the reason why that Fox or- even said that they sold in the first place is that they, we're noticing that these people who have seemingly unlimited budgets are producing all this content at a rate that Fox didn't feel like they were able to fully keep up with. So they saw that opportunity to offload what they had and make some money off of it before they get drowned out. Basically. Right. But the other thing is all these other people are spending a lot of money, but like Netflix and, and Amazon and things, they have no real IP that people want. There's no established IP that they're making. Now, Amazon is making a Lord of the Rings movie, but most of these Netflix movies are original movies. Really? Yeah, they're having, they're having a, they, they bought the rights to Lord of the Rings, so they're going to make a TV series. Oh, but, okay. but like Netflix is making all these original movies, but no, there's no built-in audience for them because it's not like they're sequels to anything or something like that. Whereas with Disney... I don't think any of them have really great ratings either. Right, but with Disney, you have really well-established IP. So they're making the Marvel TV shows, the Star Wars TV shows, stuff that people want to watch because you already have an established base and knowledge with it. So it's Mm -hmm. a much easier sell to say, hey, you like Star Wars, come here. Whereas Netflix has to create killer content Mm -hmm. just to get your attention. Yeah. And then... Disney already has proof of concept with that too with with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter and some of those shows that you know, came from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that then went to um, network television series. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, so I, I think it's it's really going to be interesting to see what happens. And I, I think this is a real long-term play. And ultimately, I, I think it's it's good this because is, you have more all, all in one 
in place. I mean, I, from this is from like my sacrificing a few pawns in order yeah. in order to put your your uh, knight in a better position to take the queen. Yeah. Of the from, other from my perspective, I think it's better because you have one. Like you said, you have more on one streaming channel. I think it'd be great to have the X Men in the MCU as opposed to having this scattered Marvel stuff where. I think we're the Fo- X-Men... Well, where Fox does their it. movies and Mar- Marvel has their movies and Sony has their movies to kind of get them all together, I think only makes sense. So, um, But I think that kind of covers it, yeah. really. So I just kind of wanted to wrap. talk about that yeah, this week. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're actually on Spotify now. So if you want to yeah. stream us on Spotify, you can go there. Um, if not, check out Apple Podcast or Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, and subscribe to us and, there. And thanks, and thanks. We got a few more listeners too. Yeah. So, so thank yeah. you if you're a new listener. Welcome. Uh, we appreciate you. You're awesome. Tell all of your friends. Yeah. Make sure make sure you leave us your a, friends' dogs. Make sure you leave us a rating or a review, uh, and then we'll we'll catch you here next week on Monday. And remember, have, have a, a magical, magical day. day.